everybody has bad days at work. That's kind of to be expected, isn't it? But it feels more now like it's an effort to go to work. That makes me realise that I need to do something about it because I've got a lot more years of work left and I don't want to feel like this for the rest of them. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this coach episode, you're going to eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. Jessica also hosts shorter comeback episodes where we hear the wobbly moments and success stories from someone who's made a comeback. My coaching conversation today is with Nicola, who works in a very well-known blue chip company. Because she's the only woman doing what she does in her organisation and so that she can speak freely when not using her real name or naming the industry in which she works. We're talking when Nicola has been back from maternity leave less than a year and she's got two children, a four-year-old daughter and a 20-month-old son. We talk about being the only woman how mentoring can help her reach beyond the role she's currently in and how she can best affect cultural change. I hope listening in on this single standalone coaching conversation will be useful to you as you make your comeback or maybe you're back already. And there are more free resources, including details of comeback conversations, our monthly online problem solving events for people returning to work over on comebackcommunity.co.uk they're absolutely free. Now, before we get going, I'd like to say thank you to our sponsor, Raiden Solicitors, the specialist award-winning family law firm with practices in St Albans, Berkhamsted, Harpenden, Beaconsfield and Hampstead. They are listed in the Times Best Law Firms 2020, which recognises the top 200 law firms in the country. If you want to find out more about them, if you're in need of a family solicitor, have a look at raidensolicitors.co.uk. Nicola, tell me what's on your mind. So I think since returning to work, I've been struggling with trying to make a place for me, I suppose, at work where I can get exposure outside of my team. I've got a real interest in diversity and inclusion, again, since returning from maternity leave due to some issues that I had. And I basically want to make it a better working place for other employees. But I'm struggling to find ways to get the engagement and also the exposure from management and other areas of the business. And I'm not really sure how to go about doing so because I have been told that I need to respect the hierarchy of the team that I'm in and I should run everything past my supervisor who isn't necessarily as interested in the D&I side of things and also my growth I don't think outside of the traditional career path that's laid out for me. Hmm. And of those two things then, this struggling to make a place for yourself in the team, making your workplace a better place for other women and getting that buy-in from leadership, which would you like us to start with? Should you getting my place in the team? Because I think that might help me with confidence as well. Totally. So in your notes to me, you talked about it being important for you to get exposure outside of your immediate team. And I was wondering... With whom specifically do you want to have that exposure and 
and to what end? Tell me about the goal there. I just want to get people who I don't know to see me that I'm able to do more than I'm currently allowed to do. So when I joined the company, it was for a specific role with a lot of dedicated training. It took 18 months to train before I was even allowed to do the job. And it's got a very specific career path or career progression. It's very prescribed and there's not really any opportunity to deviate from that. I no longer feel the passion for that job that I might have felt five years ago. And I want to branch into other areas, but I'm struggling to get the buy-in from the people, my immediate supervisor, managerial team, because I'm in that position where they want me to go down the path that I should go down because they've invested the money in me and the time, etc. But it doesn't work for me anymore with my kids and also just my desire for doing that job. I don't have it anymore. I suppose I just want to showcase what I can actually do. And I feel a bit pigeonholed at the moment. And who is it important sees that, you know, who? I think people outside of my immediate sphere, like I keep saying, I suppose it's very structured where I work. There's different teams, there's different business teams, and they all kind of feed into the one big pool. I think I'm struggling because I don't know necessarily where I want to go. Mm. So therefore, who do I want to influence? Because I don't know which direction necessarily I want to go in. I hear you. Absolutely. And so if you think about people that you know in the business that you might start to reach out to surreptitiously because you told me it would be frowned upon to visibly step outside of the hierarchy. So what can you do that would be comfortable and wouldn't raise eyebrows to help you see what else might be there within the business? Have you got any thoughts about that? Well, I've engaged one of the senior managers and asked if she would be my mentor because I think she has a lot more access to, I suppose, the business in terms of what the strategy is and what things might be coming up. So I've had one session with her and she's given me a couple of things to take away and maybe look at in regards to things that I'm interested in but to do it kind of in my own time. So it's not part of my job because it wouldn't normally fall into part of my job. So if I can come up with a plan, which I can then put to the leadership team, that would be a way to showcase, look, I'm better than what you've kind of got me down on paper for. We've got issues at the moment because there's redundancies. So all of the focus is on that. And I suppose, again, which is part of my problem, I never feel like I'm important enough to take people's time and if there's things happening we're very very reactive where I work you know you could go in one day and everything's fine and five minutes later it's an apocalypse it always feels like there's so much other stuff going on I'm not important enough to worry about so I therefore don't want to I suppose trouble people with me. I hear you and I'll challenge that a little bit because I see often people get to the point where they have tried in their own way to make their job work or to look around within the business for something else or to challenge certain things in a helpful way and they don't make the progress that they would like to make and they haven't made it on their own and so often people get to the point where they think well I'm going to leave I'm going to have to leave because I can't make this work here and it's at that point where you say to the employer 
I want to leave that all of a sudden there's this, oh my goodness, what's wrong? What can we do? And often it's too late then because you have psychologically left the building and you've started to invest in thinking about other things and exploring other avenues. Therefore, I would urge you to look at this from your employer's perspective and think, well, I imagine that they would rather I stayed and they utilised me than have to replace me. And therefore, it's not about people making time for me and my needs. It's actually me helping the business because I'm helping the business to hang on to someone and not cause a recruitment headache and team dynamic headache. So I wonder what you think about that different way of looking at things. No, that's really interesting, actually, because I hadn't considered it like that. It's a valid point, I suppose, because I would, in a way, be doing them a favour, I suppose, by not having to look at replacing me and then integrating somebody else in all the investment in training, etc. I suppose it's just me building the confidence hmm. to feel like my concerns and my issues are valid. Yeah, yeah. And what evidence do you have that suggests that it's valid, how your feeling is valid? How do you know what your feeling is valid? I think just from how I feel generally about going to work. Hmm. Because I suppose until I came back this year, Everybody has bad days at work. That's kind of to be expected, isn't it? I don't think anybody goes to work and has a wonderful time every single day. But it feels more now like it's an effort to go to work. That makes me realise that I need to do something about it because I've got a lot more years of work left in front of me and I don't want to feel like this for the rest of them. Yeah, completely. So going back to the mentor then, you've approached that person, has that person said, yes, I'll do this and this is how often we can meet and this is what I'll help you with or are these still plans? I've seen her once. Yeah. We had a, a mentoring session. I haven't got any more in the diary. And again, this is my own fault because I know she's very involved in the redundancy side of things. So I haven't wanted to take her time up <laughs> worrying about me. So I haven't put anything else in her diary as a result of that. So I suppose I'm almost self-sabotaging in a way because I haven't followed through. I think perhaps that's something I need to look at when I go back to work is actually getting something in her diary. I suppose, you know, she can move it if it doesn't work for her and say to me, let's push it out by a couple of weeks or something if it's a bad time. I think that's a lot of my problem. I worry about everyone else more than I worry about myself. So I put myself, not even a second, last most of the time. <laughs> we had our first discussion and it was more about me telling her, she kind of knows my history with when I returned to work this year and some of the issues I came up against. So asked me how I'm feeling about all of that. One of my issues was about a flexible work application and it got denied. And she suggested that perhaps I think about raising it again in six months to see if things have changed and ask my business team, what do you need for me to be able to get this mm. and to kind of turn it around to make it a bit more in their interest. And she's kind of given me a little project to do. It's an unofficial one. It's not come from the company, but she knows I'm really interested in flexible work. So she said, why don't I 
have a look at ways that people because I'm a shift worker I'm typically I'm on a day assignment at the moment but have a look at how we can integrate flexible working for shift workers and also people in my sort of area where we are day workers but we don't fit into the normal flexible work parameters so I'm trying to work at that at the moment but again I feel like I'm not going to get much airtime with it because of everything else that's going on from the business point of view even me saying that, I'm thinking, again, I'm not having much belief in myself. <laughs> well, you know what? I think this is one of the beautiful things about coaching is that I can sit here and I'm your audience and I don't need to say a great deal, but you are hearing yourself think. OK, so what do you make of that then when you said just hearing myself say that? What are you going to do about that? I've always known I struggle with confidence. I don't have much conviction in myself, although when I do put myself out there, people are often like wow that's a really good idea that's brilliant but I don't put myself into that situation very much because I don't think my thoughts and suggestions are valid I suppose like if I'm looking at myself from the outside I can see all the things that I'm not doing wrong but that I could improve on it's just I don't know how to necessarily improve them to get the confidence and the conviction behind me Well, I think you've made a really good start by you've looked at the evidence and you said, when I do share my ideas, people will often say, that's a really good idea. So perhaps doing more of that and paying attention to the behaviour of other people in response to what you do and say and really locking onto that as a way to encourage you to do that more of the time, you know, getting outside of yourself and noticing how other people are responding to what you are doing might encourage you to do more of that. And this side project sounds great. It sounds like such a great opportunity. Then when you've produced whatever you're going to produce, whether it's a short paper, well, I don't know what it might be. What will the output be? I'm trying to do it as a presentation to be able to say, Look, these are my ideas. These are potential options for how we can make it work but not to come up necessarily with a solution because I think I need to present the options to the management to get them thinking outside of the box. Yeah, because what I was going to say is that with that, there's a really nice opportunity then to say, this is something that I've been working on in my own time, which just says commitment, commitment, commitment. You're showcasing tangibly your thinking, your action, your problem solving, And I would urge you in this presentation, and forgive me if I'm, God, saying the obvious, but make it really clear what the problem is that you are attempting to solve from the business's perspective. Build that burning platform at the start of the presentation with some stats around. And it might not be stats from your own organisation, although if you have those, that's fantastic. So things like going and looking at the employee opinion survey, there might be correlations between certain groups who have requested flex and haven't got it. Or there could be some bits and bobs in there that could help your cause. Or you could look for data outside of your organisation that shows, look, this is what the research is saying about organisations that have an output focus, trusting, flexible culture, and what they get back in terms of employee health, reduction in absenteeism, engagement scores, ambassadorial behaviour. And this is why it's worth us as a business paying attention to this. So build that burning platform before you go into, and here's how we could things that we could do because otherwise they'll be more why do we need that yeah okay yeah I suppose I need to show them what the problem is 
Yeah. So that then they can see that they need a solution to that problem. Yeah. And you bringing options without saying, you know, here's the solution. I mean, you know, I think that's very respectful saying I've taken this problem on board. I've gone and had a look at what other practices, other organisations employ and how they typically solve a problem like this. And I've got some things I can send you. You know, you can use that to help you. So how far then will the mentoring relationship take you in terms of showcasing that you're better than what I'm allowed to do? That was your phrase. Are there other relationships that you need to strike up or is your mentor perhaps the conduit to other people and showcasing the other things that you are capable of? I think she's going to be quite valuable to me. What I have done as well is in the summer, I joined, we've got a women's interest network. So I joined that as a core team member and we also have an IND committee. So I've also joined that and that's helping me in terms of like networking because I'm speaking with people in areas of the business I never would normally, in the world I'm in, it's very much a bubble. You don't see outside of that world. If you do, it's mere glimpses. It's introducing me to people that I didn't even know existed. So that's helping. And some of the work I've done, we had inclusion week in September and I wrote communication for all of the UK supervisors and the feedback I had from that was really good. And I think some of the people, again, were surprised that I had written it. So that's quite nice. Yeah. And it's quite a nice feeling because it's like, well, this is what I can do, but I'm not getting the opportunities to be able to do this. I'm slowly making gains into it. But I think one of the big obstacles I come up against is almost like a clash of worlds where I work because there's very much the office world, which is where I don't sit. And they're much more in tune with diversity and inclusion, flexible working. It's much more part of the daily life there. Whereas for my world, it isn't. And we're definitely behind the curve, even more so than the rest of the company. And it's getting the recognition in that world of what I can do. It's almost like, I suppose, I need somebody to take a punt on me Mm. to show them that I'm better than I am at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the couple of things you've said that I just want to pick up on. One is you said, I'm slowly making gains. I really want you to keep paying attention to that. Keep noticing the small wins that you are having because you are making progress. And it may be more slowly than you would like. But if you can hang on to that and see the progress that you're making, that will keep you going when things feel really difficult. And I was interested in what you were saying about the difference between, say, the office world and then you are out, in inverted commas, on the factory floor, as it were, Mm -hmm. that actually you have the potential to play a useful role to the business because quite often it's that office space where some of those, you know, the strategy and the blue sky thinking and, you know, happens. But you're able to bring the reality of the coalface to the office and translate and be this conduit or this translator between the two worlds. So I think that you can occupy a really, really great place. And you were talking about showing people what you can do. And you talked about people were surprised when they found out that something had been done by you, that that might be the way to get the attention at the coalface is by doing and then showing And not just saying, I'd like to be involved in this, I can do this, but doing and showing, because that will surprise. And I think you might win over some people. 
when you can demonstrate in that way. Okay. So what else do you want to say or think about in relation to this? You know, this struggling to find your place in the team and, and wanting more. I keep saying, you know, I'm interested in diversity and inclusion and I've done a lot of research into it and I want to help other people. It's almost, again, a bit self-sabotaging where when I experience, because I am the only woman, so I, you know, frequently come up against issues with inclusion a few times a day. Some of them are tiny, like my supervisor went out to the shops and bought food for the rest of my team and didn't get me anything. But used it, said, oh, I didn't know if you were dieting at the moment. Oh my, oh my goodness. So that's the, the environment that I'm in. Almost embarrassingly, until this year, I had to fit into that. I had to change to live in that world. This year, I've had a bit of an awakening to, it's not me that's the problem. It's the system and the culture that's the problem. But I suppose ultimately I allow that to happen to me still. I don't know how to stand up to that without rocking the boat, I guess. I hear you. I hear your frustration, but I don't want you to think this is all your problem to solve because it's not. Just because you are the difference in that world doesn't mean it's all up to you to do anything about, but it sounds as though the office side of the business does get this and there may be people there who can... I was going to say there may be people there who can help you, but hey, how much of the shop floor are they really going to know? Another thought popped into my head. I was doing some coaching, gosh, it's a good few years ago now, with a big business. I'm going to call them a utilities business. And I was coaching someone who was coming back from mat leave and she was, to round out her leadership experience, she was spending time out on the shop floor. Very male environment. And I was struggling in very much the way you, sorry, when I say struggle, that sounds really loaded. I don't want to suggest that you're struggling, but experiencing the things that you are experiencing. And I think she took great solace in starting to connect with other people. I can't remember the industry body, but I wonder whether you have access to people outside of your organisation whether there is any diversity and inclusion work in a wider, you know, like say if you were in properties or women in property or women in law or, and I'm not asking you to say what that might be because, you know, we're keeping this confidential, but is there a bigger body of people that you can go and chat to and trade experiences and learn whether there's anything better and different happening in their organisations? I've been trying to network outside of work now. So I have joined quite a few Facebook groups and groups on LinkedIn I don't know if I've necessarily found other women in the same area as me, in, in professionally anyway. There is another woman at work that I know we're friendly with each other and we have a bit of a moan to each other about things. And she's really encouraging me to continue on the path I'm on, trying to change stuff for the future. What I struggle with, with these sorts of, it's almost like a peer group, isn't it? Mm. Is a lot of it's aimed at professionals and women in leadership and people who have gone through the ranks whereas I consider myself a shop floor worker in essence so I'm bottom of the ladder and it doesn't feel like there's an awful lot out there for that level if that makes sense. It does make sense but I'd encourage you to go and explore it and to see what you can get involved in 
in a way that you feel comfortable putting it out there about the kind of things that you're experiencing and would like to hear from other people about how that's been eradicated or dealt with in their organisations or how they've made so the coal face, the shop floor, a more comfortable place to work for people and moved away from perhaps traditional behaviours that were acceptable years ago and that shouldn't really have a place today. I think if you went out into those places with an inquiring mind with questions and seeking other people's experience I think you'd be welcomed all you can do is try yeah yeah where do you think I should look for that sort of thing well I think Mr Google or Mrs Google is a great place I don't want to say that the organization that you work for or the industry that you work in but if you were to type your sector in industry bodies or women in or you could have a look at your competitors websites go and have a look and see whether there is a diversity section on their website or inclusion see if there are any names and then you could always reach out to any individuals there on LinkedIn and simply say well they'll see from your LinkedIn profile where you work you're just putting feelers out and it might be they're not the right person but say ultimately I'm looking to hear from other organisations about how this has been dealt with, eradicated, how this has been solved, what progress you've made. And it may take a while, but eventually I think you'll get somewhere with that. The other good thing about doing that, of course, is that when you're taking action, it's easier to deal with, I think, that kind of low level, is it passive aggressive? I don't know. But because you know you're taking action, you know, you're kind of working on, well, I'm, I'm working to get part of this solved. I'm taking action. I'm not just accepting this. Yeah, and I'm not just lying down. <laughs> no, but it's your choice as to whether you challenge, because I don't know whether you wanted to challenge yesterday around lunch, how actively you want to challenge or not, or whether you just think, oh, that's so grim, but I'm just not saying anything today about that. Your choice. I, w- I think I wish I had the guts to say something, but equally... This is probably the trap, I suppose, people fall in with any sort of discriminatory behaviour is you don't want to upset the apple cart and make things even worse. Yep. And there's a book I'm going to recommend to you on that note. I read it years ago. I'm looking at it on my bookshelf now. It's called Rocking the Boat by Deborah Meyerson. Okay. I'm not going to reach for it because I'll disrupt my headset and all the bits and bobs, but it's got a subtitle to it. Deborah Meyerson. Meyerson is spelled M-E-Y-E-R-S-O-N. And I think the subtitle that I can't see because I can only see the spine, I think it's something like how to affect change almost like without rocking the boat. It's kind of rocking the boat, but in a way that's not annoying people and sabotaging yourself. You could have a look at that, which it sounds like we've kind of moved into the territory of the second thing you wanted to talk about, which was about making your organisation a better place for other women and getting buy-in from leadership. Are we okay to move on to that? Or are there still things you want to explore about your place in the team and perhaps moving on from your team? No, I think that's fine. And to be honest, I've probably touched on quite a bit of it already, haven't I? Because I think they are quite interlinked with where my passion lies now. They're quite interlinked with each other now. Yeah. And are you in touch with anybody outside of your business who is involved in D&I in a similar organisation? Is that something you've done yet? Not in a similar organisation, but I am in touch with quite a few practitioners now who do it independently. And have they got experience of working in organisations like yours? Maybe not as big as mine. I asked that question because I think one of the easiest ways to 
not that it's easy, but get the buy-in of leadership who perhaps are not Oh, and I should say, when you talk leadership, are you talking about leadership on the shop floor or are you talking about leadership as a whole in the organisation? As a whole, but in the UK. Yeah, okay. Where my thinking is, is that quite often, if the leadership see that one of their competitors or an organisation that they have learned from in the past or admire is doing something, that is the easiest way. I remember, you know, one of my friends is also a psychologist and she's done a lot of PR work and lots of she's straddled both the university world and also the commercial world. And she would always joke that if I shouldn't name the names, but the big accountancy firms or management consultancies, if they saw one of them was doing something, all of them would then follow seat and do it. You know, that's almost the best way, that kind of way of showcasing what others are doing and don't we want to keep up or don't we want to be one step ahead? And you can get that insight by obviously talking to them directly or any practitioners that might have worked with your competitors. Okay. The things I'm finding really frustrating is there is a big directive coming from above about D&I and there's a lot happening higher up but I feel rightly or wrongly that a lot of it's lip service and yeah. nothing actually, we've kind of ticked the box. We've done DNI now. Okay. We, you know, we've done that bit and that's it. Cause I made a suggestion because I want to get it more embedded within my population of people because we are considered, it's what they, they term a hard to reach population because of the nature of our work, shift work, et cetera. And so I suggested, well, I'd like to maybe do some sort of survey of my population to see where are their issues, where are their concerns, what things do they want looked at. And I spoke with HR about it and they didn't directly say no, but they made it sound like it would be incredibly hard. It would be far too much work to do a survey. We'd have to go through public affairs and through legal, etc. So basically they gave me all the barriers mm. to it. And said, well, you'd be better off just speaking to a couple of people you work with instead and coming up with their issues to then discuss them on maybe a one-to-one basis with one of the managers, which I felt like it's almost like they're trying to stop me from looking at it, maybe because they know there's a problem. And if they Mm -hmm. find out there's a problem, they've then got to do something about it. I suppose it's, it's overcoming that. They want to appear on the surface like they're considering DNI, and you know we're uh, some of the. I've read some things recently that we've been published in, saying about how we're integrating inclusion, and and I think well maybe in your world you are, but in my world we're really not. <laughs> Even trying to get PPE, I you know I struggle to get PPE that fits me, and you know it is effective because I'm female and I'm a different shape and a different size. So you know even at that level, it feels like I don't fit in and I'm a pain because I have to make a bit of a fuss about getting things that I need I've got to work that a little bit harder than Mm. my counterparts to perhaps just on a day-to-day basis god it sounds like I'm just having a bit of a sob story doesn't it no 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 it doesn't no it doesn't but given that we we're working together today one time only I'm thinking like a pragmatist and the thought that's going through my head is if there is you talked about a big directive coming from above and you said, but I think it's lip service. What metrics are there? And you perhaps you don't know them off the top of your head, but I imagine if there is this big directive, then there will be some objectives that the business is looking to meet because I can't imagine they would be just saying things like inclusion is important to us or 
we are committed to ensuring a more diverse workforce, there must be some specific metrics. So, you know, by 2025, we want to have done X or Y, or we want to move our engagement scores in this population to A or B level. Do you know if there is anything like that or where to go to go and find those aspirations? I'd like to say that there would be that information. I suppose I think I could probably find it out. I think my initial hesitation is I wonder how translatable that would be into my world and whether it would just be across the company rather than specifically. It almost feels like we're a bit of a forgotten Hmm. area in terms of because it is heavily male dominated. And it is a different world to the rest of the company in terms of we're not office based, et cetera. So we just get on, you know, you're kind of just left to get on with things. But it's worth me finding out, isn't it? And if it doesn't apply to my area, then I can then say, well, can we get some figures on this then, please? Absolutely. And I think it's important that you know what the business is aiming for, because if they're going to talk about, say, X many females or x many of person from this background and like you say if they can hit that metric across the business without touching your area then they've achieved that and so they're probably not paying any attention to your area because it feels like it's too hard a problem to solve but if you discover that they're looking for that percentage of women say in every different part of the business then there's going to be a really big need to make big changes in your area because you would be so far behind if you're the only woman so I think it's worth finding out what those goals are and then it might be that you think actually if they can meet the targets across the business without touching our area then you might find gosh this is probably a battle that nobody's interested in fighting right now yeah you're right But at least you'll know, at least you'll know if it's possible and worth your energy. You know, you can make a conscious choice then about what you want to do and how hard you want to push. Yeah, okay. Hmm, what's left then? (laughs) What's left? What are you thinking? What's 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 an outstanding question or a thought? I think I'm going to investigate a bit more at work. I think I'm going to try and get a bit more information because like you say, I can then decide, do I put my efforts into something that isn't actually going to go anywhere? And that also might make my decision longer term about what I do. Because if they're not going to be interested in, I suppose, involving my population in the DNI culture, then do I actually want to be there in that world? Like I said at the beginning, I've got a lot more years left at work. And if I'm not going to be happy there, then that doesn't really serve me very well. I think I'm going to push the mentoring side of things. I'll get back on that (laughs) because I I have let it slip due to the levels of importance I place on myself. But what you said about I would be doing the company a favour by putting myself first a little bit more, that does make sense to me. It does make sense. And I need to, I think, have that at the forefront of my mind a bit more. Yeah, if that's going to help you take the actions that you want to take, then let's tap into that. And as you were talking, I was recalling a woman I met many years ago now who she was working banking and she'd risen up from the shop floor as a cashier. She started, I think, when she was 16 
and when I met her was in a real position of influence and she was so and I got the opportunity actually to see her on stage at this part of the banks conference and people absolutely loved what she had to say and she was so valuable in the ivory tower in inverted commas because she absolutely understood the challenges of the shop floor of the bank and how change needed to be made and how to speak to people in the front office. If you can get there into that place to work in DI within your business, I can see you being very, very valuable because you know from real experience. So please think of yourself as this really valuable person to your business. And it's your job now to go out there and have those mentoring sessions to keep yourself fueled and go and find out what those figures are, what those goals are for DI and whether there is serious commitment to them. So I think that you can make an impact, Nicola. Thank you. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I really admire Nicola's drive to create change in her organisation and her mentor sounds like a vital source of strength, guidance and practical support. If you think you benefit from a mentor and you can't see someone suitable in your organisation and you're a mother, because not every listener is, this is a podcast about riding the return to work roller coaster and that definitely goes beyond maternity. Then take a look at the newly launched website mentormums.co.uk. The beauty of this site is a focus on matching women who are in similar roles and the bright mind behind it is a PR and comms professional, Annie Abelman, and she's going to be my guest at our March Comeback Conversations event where we're going to be talking about how to make an impact when returning from extended leave. The event is online, absolutely free, Tuesday 23rd of March, 8pm GMT. All the details are in the show notes and online at comebackcommunity.co.uk. Just click on conversations on the top right. As ever, if the conversation today has moved you in any way and you'd like to tell me about it or ask a question, the easiest way is on Twitter using the handle at comebackcomuk. It's in the show notes and we're also on Instagram with the same handle. I really do love hearing from you. I'm a social creature, so come and talk to me. And remember, there are more free goodies to support your return over on comebackcommunity.co.uk. And it's also a place I'd love you to tell your HR director about because we've developed a fantastic employee experience for people taking all kinds of leave that we really want more people to benefit from. We're working with some fantastic clients and have been for many years, so you would be in good company. And we know how to say thank you. So if you can make an intro, that would be wonderful. And there'll be a little bit of something for you. Until next time, remember who else benefits when you put yourself first. Thanks for listening. <laughs>